Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Brand Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. With Molly and Haw. Biggs time. The Biggs Report. With Brand Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. His name is Brand Biggs. Brand Biggs talks football with you. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Brad Biggs is the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a longtime contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, I. The Bears are going on. It is their offseason. They're on the clock. They control the world, and they're the buzz of the draft because that pick's for sale. Auction up. Yeah, I mean, the the pick being portrayed is obviously something that a lot of people are talking about, wondering about uh, in Indianapolis this week, what, um, what deal could be out there, uh, how soon could a deal be made, and then – from a Bears perspective, how does that reshape uh, their ability to improve the roster in the weeks ahead, right? How how much draft capital could they get? How much of that draft capital would lie in 2023? Uh, how much of it, if any, would, uh, would be in the future? So a lot of speculation, uh, free agency right around the corner. Uh, the open negotiating window begins on March 13th. So we're almost, what, a week and a half away from that. And as you guys know, uh, agents and teams will uh, come to agreement on deals in that window uh, for talks that precedes uh, the opening of free agency and the start of the new league year on March 15th. Brad, when Ryan Poles talked about the possibility of getting a deal done sooner rather than later, it suggested that perhaps there might be a player involved which might affect how they approach free agency. Was that the way you interpreted it, that? Or because nothing is said accidentally, what was his purpose in, in sharing that? Yeah, I, I didn't think that I, – I, it's certainly possible a player's involved. Um, the way I took it is – the ha- having a deal agreed to before March 15th would put the bears in a position where they would say, okay, we now have 
this pick in round one, um, haven't maybe they have, you know, a pick in round one and a pick in round two that they add. They've got picks where they know where they're at, where they've got a general idea of what players will be available in those ranges. And then perhaps that would help shape a plan for free agency that it would, you know what, maybe we don't need to go after this position in free agency. We feel pretty good about our chances to get a guy there in the draft or something of that nature. Certainly a player could be involved, but uh, I looked at it more as uh, potentially helping shape what they want to do in free agency. Um, You know, I don't want to see them trade for a player. I mean, we had this conversation, this idea that let's say they wanted to trade with the uh, – with Indianapolis, and they were offering DeForest Buckner along with a pick or another pick. I just think that when a guy, when there's a danger of getting a guy uh, as a salary cap casualty, you should wait and see if you can do that, right? You already have enough connections. And something like that. Now, Dustin said, what if it's Quentin Nelson? I don't think they would do They're something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, Colts, the Colts obviously want to draft a quarterback they're going to want to protect the quarterback they draft. Um, so the idea of trading arguably the number one interior offensive lineman in the league doesn't make sense for uh, Indianapolis at all. The the Buckner thing, I, I think it would be more picks. But one thing I have consistently heard, and I got this from multiple people I talked to yesterday, it is uh, – it's almost a historically weak class of free agents. Um, it, it's not good, but the, the kind of the caveat, a couple of guys I chatted with throughout there was they think there will be quality players that will be released by other teams for cap reasons or whatever, that, that that will be a market where you can go out and you can find some talent. Now you got to be careful doing that because Clearly, you're not going to be signing players coming out of the rookie contract, right? Those those guys aren't cap cuts. Uh, so you're going to be signing guys or considering guys that are, have got more experience, more wear and tear. But there's a belief that you've uh, you've got to keep an eye on this. And I think Polls sort of referenced that when he said that they, you know, needed to stay. Um, I don't know. remember exactly what he said was basically they need to stay agile and nimble. They've got to be prepared for a guy to be cut uh, tomorrow that they might need to have real discussions about um, by Friday morning. So uh, that will be interesting. But it's just I mean, you start looking at a position by position breakdown of who's out there at free agency. And it's uh, it's underwhelming. And there's a reason why, you know, teams are going to their better players earlier and they are trying to get deals done. Nobody wants to let their best players uh, exit via free agency. So it's, it's a potentially dangerous way to try to improve your roster. If you sign a couple guys who end up uh, not being uh, the fit and solutions that you're hoping for. Brad, we talk a lot about, potential trade partners being the Texans, Colts, and Panthers in the top 10. Yesterday, two more, I think, strong possibilities emerged. Pete Carroll 
signed to open for business at number five with the Seahawks. Josh McDaniels with the Raiders at number seven certainly sounded like a guy in need of a quarterback. Was that just rhetoric, or do you think they could be potential players? Oh, I, listen, I would have imagined before yesterday their potential trade. Every, everybody that doesn't have one is on the list. So if a guy says something, you're like, oh, this catches my attention. I that, You know, I think it's, it's just a lot of talk right now. If the Titans uh, move on from Ryan Tannehill, add them to the list. And I realize they're not picking in the top ten, but you, Ryan Poles is, would not be doing his job if he doesn't listen to all offers, no matter where the team's picking. You, you get <clears throat> no idea what they want to bring to the table in terms of a possible deal what they want to offer you. So there's, uh, there's no shortage of, uh, of possibilities. And, and they've got, the more you look at this, I think they really have to trade this pick because they've got, they've got the, the pick at one. Now they've got Baltimore's pick at the end of round two, and they've got their pick to begin round three. You look at the roster. They need, they need more than that. So they they need volume. They need high picks, uh, which would be the opposite of last year, obviously, when they um, dominated uh, the, the sixth and seventh rounds like a few have previously. Brad, I saw that you wrote what you said to us yesterday, that, uh, that you were told by a, a, a league a personnel guy that you can do as much damage as good in the free agent yeah. market. And I, I have always felt that way. Um, it, you're making up for bad draft picks. So, I guess my question is, if the market is as limited as it is, is there any possibility that you just hang on to your money and you wait till next year and hope the market improves? Is there any possibility that if you're trading the first-round pick, you're as interested in collecting picks next year and the year after that as you are this year, even though, as you say, they there is a long uh, drop there from uh, – with one pick in the first 50, you'd like to get a, a couple more in that area, a couple, three more, and then and then add in the future as well. But I guess what I'm saying is, does the rebuild move into next year free agency, next year draft, maybe even two years down the road, given how much they need to get done? Well, they've got so much cap space that it would be, the way they'd structure these deals, it would be impossible to blow through it all this year just impossible so they're they're going to be in a advantageous position with the salary cap a year from now right uh so so they'll be in good shape there no i think they have to be very uh calculated with free agency yet aggressive they've they've got to plug a couple holes via free agency and they're going to have to do so guys with the understanding that they're going to be giving um, blue money or close to blue, which a, a blue player is an elite guy that could start for any team, to players that probably don't qualify as blue. Like, But that's the nature of the first 24, 36 hours of free agency. Guys get overpaid. Uh, like uh, Ryan Poles was using the term you know, we got to f- find a value, and I'm like, well, there is no like. Right. When he says value, he means the price tag for the guy, uh, because there's no such thing as a value buy right. um, in the first 24, 36 hours of free agency. So I think they've, they've got to be very calculated. 
They've got to target some specific positions, some specific guys, see if they can get something done. Again, knowing that uh, they could be overpaying. And, and that's why I've stressed that personally, I believe it's important they go after guys coming out of the rookie contract. You need to get younger sure. guys yeah. entering their prime where you reduce the possibility that um, in 2025, I'm sitting here uh, in Indianapolis and we're talking about the Bears and what they're going to do in free agency and lamenting uh, some of the poor decisions and bad spending moves that the team made in 2023. You know, I, a lot, of, a lot of Bears fans wanted uh, the St. Rita kid, Kenny Galladay, in free agency two years ago. Right. The New York Jets, or the New York Giants, excuse me, $40.5 million for the last two years for Kenny Galladay. I think it's like 43 catches and one touchdown. I mean, just a blunderous uh, signing. And he's available now if they want him because they're going to cut him. Pride of St. Rita. So, Brad, you know, every year we talk about this, the the player created during the combine or the guy that shoots up the charts. It looks like it could be Anthony Richardson with quarterbacks this year. But I ask you this in a different context. What if at the end of this week that Jalen Carter is a guy that is is more confirmed as – the clear-cut best defensive player in this draft. Maybe he separates with a workout or an interview from Will Anderson just enough to make him a guy you don't want to miss out on if you're Ryan Poles. You don't want to move lower than four. Do you think that's possible? And have you heard much rhetoric about how good Jalen Carter actually is and, and how maybe unfair some of these early labels have been? No, there's teams doing a lot of – there's a lot of questions that need to be answered about Jalen Carter. So for people to say that there's stuff that's unfair about him, um, I, I could just say these teams are working overtime to, to sort through uh, some of the questions that they have regarding him. The tape uh, is outstanding. Uh, I, I think we've been in this position since in early December, if not before then, where you're looking at it and you're saying – what kind of player can the Bears get? You know, how can they help this awful defense that can't stop the run, can't rush the passer, et cetera? Um, <clears throat> there are some teams that they look at it and they don't know that there's a distinguishable uh, consensus top defensive player in this draft. If, obviously, if you're, you're a Bears fan, you're probably finding one or two of those and saying these are can't-miss guys. I don't know that other teams – Look at either one of these players is is can't miss guys, I, but there are um, you know Jalen Carter started doing interviews um, the night before last. I don't know how many teams he's got on his list. I'm sure he's got a very uh, full schedule, uh, but there's a lot of ground to cover for teams uh, with him, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with him. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating because I think that when we start talking about free agency and how you're going to buy players, et cetera, there is, you know, there are minimum spending things that you got to be aware of, and they've got to spend some money, and I'm sure they will, but they also could extend every guy on the roster if it came to that. They've got some guys that are, that they can go to and they're capable of spending some money. I'm just saying they can be more prudent than we think. When, and I'm not saying they have enough talent to extend those deals. I'm just saying that could be one solution for them if that's if they feel like they're up against it and they don't want to pay overpay. Yeah, and, and I think a, a, an extension for Cole Komet certainly should be in the future uh, for the Bears. 
as long as uh, they, uh, they're happy with Jalen Johnson, why wouldn't you try to lock him up? I don't know that Jalen Johnson's a number one, uh, but he's a solid starter um, on a defense that has a critical shortage of solid starters. So why wouldn't you talk about something uh, with him? And then I don't know how in the world you would get something done with Chase Claypool, uh, but my goodness, otherwise it would be a um, ridiculously expensive uh, one-and-a-half season rental. Uh, I don't know that Claypool would have any motivation to get a deal done right now. I mean, he's got nothing that he's done recently to bring to the table and say, hey, I deserve a ton of money uh, because of this, uh, but he's another guy to consider. And then, you know, we gotta we gotta learn something additional about the health status of Darnell Mooney, right. who had that right. injury uh, late in the season against the Jets. Another candidate uh, for the future. So um, they're going to have cap flexibility. They're going to have to spend. I believe they'll be aggressive in free agency with a with a few certain spots. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see how it plays out. You know, I, and I'm I'm. There are also going to be a lot of players that are going to be released that you can sign and bring in. And I, you know, they, they did that last year, but they did it with like a lower level player in my opinion, you know? So a guy like Galladay, he's already getting paid. He's, he's, he, I'm not saying go get him, but I mean, he did make a pro bowl at one point before the disaster. Him in and New Claypool York. in the same room would scare me. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I, I but, don't but know. He's that... got, he's got, but the... go ahead. Yeah, you just you just have to wait and see who's out there, and I'm right. sure they've got a board back at Alice Hall where they've got, hey, you know, these are potential cuts from every team, um, so they can have a discussion about them, and then you wait and see what uh, what plays out, and if there's a guy on your list that that you like that you had a discussion about, you dive into it a little bit deeper, and you try to get a feeling for what the market is. Any of these players that are going to be cut, obviously they want to be on the street sooner rather than later to maximize their value. And that's why for the players that are cut a little bit later on, you know, for the guys that get um, a raw deal, like Charles Leno, right? He got a raw deal from the bears a couple of years ago in terms of the timing of when he was released with the bears expected to be kind of prudent. Like, like Brian Poles has talked about, they'll have ample cap space to make a move on a player that's cut in a similar time frame, two days after the draft, a week after the draft, in the first week of June, when there are good players cut then, there are going to be uh, a good number of teams. They're going to be too tied up cap-wise to probably be involved with a player that's going to get any kind of payday, right? You know, the guys that are going to sign for close to the minimum, everybody will be able, be able to go for them. But if there's a you know, mid-level player, at a position where the Bears, eh, the depth isn't real good, they like him, you know, they can go out and get that guy and pay him six, seven million dollars a year and fit him in. When, like I said, a whole host of teams wouldn't be able to consider a move like that because of the cost. Talking about current players under contract, Brad, this seemed to be good news about Eddie Jackson. Ryan Poles talked about seeing him working out, looking like he's ready to go, and uh, that's encouraging. Yeah, because I think Eddie Jackson looked like the player you saw uh, b- before he got paid by the Bears, right? He he was uh, making plays on the back end. He was around the ball. Um, he was, to listen to those young guys in the locker room, 
in the secondary. Talk about Eddie. He was tremendous as a veteran leader uh, for those guys, for a Jaquan Brisker, for a Kyler Gordon, a Jalen Jones. I mean, they, they had Eddie Jackson and basically a cast of really young guys uh, in that secondary. So he provided value far beyond just going out there and making some plays. And, and the injury, the list, Frank, uh, is a bad one. You, you, that, that's a difficult one to come back from. He did not need surgery, uh, which was a positive. And for them to kind of report good news about him yesterday, after I asked Ryan Poles, you know, the status of Eddie and what he thought of him for his future, they were positive. And Eddie's going to make a bunch of money this season. I think it's like 13 or 14 million, but um, it's not guaranteed. So they could move on from him. Uh, they don't need any more cap space, right? <laughs> fully, fully loaded there. Uh, so instead of moving on from Eddie, you'd certainly hope that uh, he can pick up where he left off last season. Great stuff, Brad. Thank you, buddy. Enjoy the combine. Thanks, Brad. Have a great day, guys. That is our guy, Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune. Very interesting. I mean, this is, you know, it's a complex kind of problem to have rebuilding a roster. And you've got you to figure out a way to use the, the draft to your advantage and trading the pick is one way. And then you got tons of money to spend and you got to figure out how to do that without just spending it to spend it. Well, if you're going to lose 14 games, you put yourself in a position to have this luxury. If you want to call it that the luxury of, of benefiting from being so bad. Now you've got the number one pick, which is for sale and you've got a ton of money to spend. So you've got a roster though, that is not rich with talent. No. So you've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Maybe it'll take two off seasons. Who knows? Yeah. But you're not going to get it all done this off season, so I think that's more realistic. 312-644-6767 is the telephone number. It's Mully and Hall on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, it's been a lot of uh, discussions, um, a lot of correspondence back and forth with a lot of people, and uh, a lot of emotions, to be honest. You know, it's... it's uh, it's a, it's, it doesn't seem real uh, right now. Um, you know, we, we, that we traded Patrick Kane, but really excited for him to get a chance to play for the Rangers, play at Madison Square Garden with, uh, with a really good team, and, and we're looking forward to watching them uh, compete with, uh, with New York. What, what's it like trading your best player and franchise? How's that feel? 
He's looking forward to seeing Patrick Kane play for the Rangers. That's Kyle Davidson. You're listening to Mully and Haw. Are you looking forward to that? 312-644-6767. We got to talk about this trade. I am not. I'm going to answer that question first. Okay. I am not looking forward to Patrick Kane wearing a Rangers sweater tomorrow night playing against Ottawa. I will be watching. I will be Where is it? What is it on processing? Where is it? I don't, I'll find it somewhere. I, I have all those NHL channels. I, I'll find it somewhere. They're going to have it on TV. If it's on a TV, I'll find it because I want to watch. You'll fly to New York I, just I wanna, to watch it on I TV. Would, if I at a, at a different time, in a different, in the same career, I think I would have been there and and done that. But it's the place to be tomorrow night because oh. yeah, it's a thing. It's a happening. But if I'm the guy that traded away the franchise's best player. I don't know that I want to sound so giddy about seeing him in new laundry. I just, I'm sorry. I'm not there yet. And I don't know why he would be. <laughs> I, I'm curious to get reactions to this trade. I, I'm just curious how people feel about um, the Blackhawks at this uh, point. Uh, yeah, are they sad? Stopped? Are you yeah. mad? Are you, are you bored? Are, what are you? Because if this hit you a certain way yesterday, when the confirmation of the trade came at 1.56, Emily Kaplan from ESPN tweeted it out. The official time of death for hockey relevance in Chicago, 1.56 p.m. on Tuesday, February 28th. Patrick Kane became a Ranger. My reaction was just an emptiness. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. I just knew it was coming. You, you understood why it was happening. But you didn't want to, you didn't want to accept it, and yet it was true. This is a punch to the gut. Thanks, Chuck. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven, and and I mean, it's fascinating, really, to kind of um, look at how many people have left Chicago, how many great athletes have left Chicago over the past decade, and you know. I, I don't know why we don't care more. I don't know why, you know, we, we were talking about, boy, you know, the, the Bears have money to spend and there's no free agent market. What, what if they'd kept their linebacker? Would, would, would he be worth $100 million now? Khalil Mack? I was thinking more like – Oh, uh, Roquan Smith? Thank you. Both those guys left town in the last year. That's right. And – And Robert Quinn. You, you, you know, you, they, they leave and for we forget and we move on. I guess we're good at coping – in Chicago, maybe. Is that what we're good at? I don't know. We're not good at keeping. We're better at coping than keeping because a lot of guys are leaving town. A lot of guys are being traded. A lot of guys are being let go. A lot of guys who you can justify and rationalize. Well, you know, in today's modern sports world, you've got to bottom out before you climb back. Okay. Fine. Good Let's, luck with that. 312-644-6767. Let's start with Psycho. He's in Westchester. Hey, Psycho. Hey, guys. I'm sad to see Kane go. And from Davidson, our general manager, to be happy to see him playing with the Rangers, I like to smack him around. I'm like, what are you kidding me? I mean, could you give this guy, like, maybe, like, a year extension, you know, and stay with the Hawks? Hopefully he gets the draft pick of Connor Bernard and, and, and what. But, Seeing Kane go, are you kidding? They got nothing for him. I mean, they got a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and right. do you trust? Do you trust Davidson getting good 
pass for this pick? No. For, for no. I, I don't. I, I don't. What has he done to earn the trust? Great call, Psycho. 815 texter Mully. This one outweighed any Chicago athlete that's been traded or left in free agency in recent years. Um. Okay, so let me just go over this list that Dustin put together here. Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Contreras, Hayward, Kane, Debrinkit, Keith, Doc, Shaw, Strom, Hagel, Mack, Roquan, Quinn, Montgomery maybe, Jose Abreu, Lowry Markinen. <laughs> Markinen made me laugh at the end. I, I understand why he's on that list. A couple other guys well, he made, made me chuckle. He, you're, you're right. He's going to have a great career. But to me, Patrick Kane is at the top of that list. The other one that was difficult certainly was Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, only because they won a championship. Sure. Jose Abreu as well yeah. was difficult because of what he meant to that franchise and how he represented himself. And Allen Robinson should be on that list too. I suppose. It didn't, he was here. He didn't really win anything. No, he didn't. And he wasn't really a guy that, at the, to the end, played as hard as he possibly could in my book. I don't know. Maybe that's I, I just scratched him off the list. Okay. Move him down. Sorry, I mentioned it. No, don't be sorry. It's a good list. I like it. I just, I'm with, I'm with 815, the texter, who said Patrick Kane is the one that was the hardest to accept the reality that he's no longer here because now the Hawks are no longer interesting at all. Uh, Carlos Rodon says a texter. Don't forget to add his name. I like, I like him on the mound for the White Sox. He didn't win a lot here. He wasn't here that long, it felt like. But oh, he, he was, was here he, long He's enough. easy to respect. Yeah, I miss, I miss Carlos Rodon. Yeah. Try, uh, let's try Zach. Uh, Zach's on the road. Hey, Zach. Hey, good morning, guys. Obviously, it, it sucks to see Kane go. I mean, he's, he's one of the best to ever play the game. Um, and I just, I got to say, though, I'm happy for him. We're not. You're happy for him because he's not playing for the, this team that's not trying to win anymore is what he's saying. Yeah, I, I think that there's an element of that with a lot of Hawks fans. They're happy for somebody who brought them a lot of joy over the last 16 years. And so I get that part of it, and I don't want to begrudge him any success in New York. I, I do wish him well. I just don't know that you, you, you feel excited about that part, and that part outweighs the other stuff. We have Furia uh, Matt checks in, and he wants to add another name to that list, Tony LaRussa. <laughs> well, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer leaving town, I Hall suppose. Of, Hall of Fame baseball Hall of person. Fame baseball person. <laughs> Let's, that's so awful. Good riddance. Lewis is listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Lewis. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just wanted to say, man, how depressed I am that uh, just to see Patrick Kane go. Um, I'm 25 years old, and uh, being a Chicago fan my whole life, he was, you know, he was like my MJ, you know. Like, I mean, I don't want to, like, go, like, right. that far. Because, like, I mean, the culture, it, you know, it's different. But, you know, like, the influence he had on this team was just so huge. And I'm going to miss him. I yeah. get it. You're 25, so you grew up, if you're a hockey fan, and yeah. he was a big part of your childhood and your, your hockey experience as you grew to love the game. My son is in the same boat. He's 22 and and, and became a hockey guy, was not playing the sport at all, and then – I would come home from these road trips covering the Hawks in 2010 and then 13 and 14 and 15, and as he got older, he got into it. And I think that was easy. And you saw that all around Chicagoland. People who of a certain age followed the Hawks, fell in love with hockey, 
because of Kane, because of Taves, and I think more than any other player, you can make the justification, Marion Hosa, your guy, Corey Love Crawford, Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taves, yeah. every list, though, of reasons why the Hawks were what they were between 2010 and 2015 begins with Patrick Kane. He made him special. Well, the other element is, and I, and I don't mean this as an insult, I, I saw the same effect when I was covering the Bulls with B.J. Armstrong. There is something, there is some, there, there is some strange, like for kids, there is a connection with a youthful-looking, smallish guy. Steph Curry. That you identify with, it, and you, it's almost like Patrick Kane was like the little kid playing with the big <laughs> kid. And I don't mean, I mean, he's an You're incredibly exactly right. talented player. He's relatable. But he was, there is, I would see, and he was great with kids. And there was a childlike exuberance that he played with yes. there was yeah he, he was a kid playing a man's game and having the joyfulness his, that his, you had as a child warm-ups were worth the price yes of flipping the yeah. puck into exactly. the stands and just having the yeah. joy of the game and playing with that kind of enthusiasm that's what you're going to miss as much as anything jim is in arlington heights hey jim how you guys doing good Good. You know, I'm, I'm coming from a little different, you know, you know, a lot older than a lot of the other callers, been a Hawks fan, sports fan my whole life. And, um, you know, the Kane thing hurts, but the reality of it is, you know, you can make the argument they, you know, that team's been going nowhere for years. They probably should have traded him a couple of years ago when they could have got more for him. Right. I mean, I'm sad to see him go. He was a legend and always will be. I'm sure his ADH can be hanging in the rafters someday. But at the end of the day, it's a business, and, and, you know, it was just like I said, I almost wish they would have traded him a couple of years ago and got a lot more for him. That's just the reality of it for me. So wow. sad to see him go, but understand it. You know? Okay. Thanks for the phone call. I respect your opinion and where you're coming from. You've accepted the reality of professional sports these days, and I think that's easy to do in most cases. I don't think it's as easy to do in this case. That's all. John's on the north side. Hey, John. Um, I'm, I got to tell you, this is so disappointing. Uh, when you look at it for a, from a bigger perspective, in, what, 80-some years, they won three Stanley Cups, and then Patrick Kane and Taves, they win, uh, what, in five, six years, they win three more. That's, that's like, unbelievable how right. hard it is to win the Stanley Cup. And when Stan Makita and that team, uh, I remember in 83, 84, when I was watching, like, 32 home games, uh, it's so hard to win a cup, even though the Blackhawks had a good team. But what they accomplished is, and just to let them go, I would, if I was the owner, I would let them play as long as they want to play, and even if it's on a fourth line. Think about it. If they want to play, I, don't, I know they might not want to. They want to win another Stanley Cup. But I would let them play because they can still play on that level, even if they uh, play on the fourth line. So I'm just, uh, I, I really, it's really disappointing. Thank uh, you, John. You look at, uh, yeah, thanks. thanks for the sentiments. Thanks for the phone call. Well, he brings up an interesting point. This front office and this regime, Jamie Faulkner, Danny Wirtz, Kyle Davidson, they're, all, they're driven by analytics and they're measurables, quantifiables, mandates, certain profit margins, whatever the case may be. What is number 88 worth in a Blackhawk sweater? Is he worth more to you in bringing in what he came back, which was a disappointing return on that trade because of reasons that we understand, or – what are you missing out on in terms of a value, the the fan experience and the tickets and the, why people would go to the I United Center I, still? I, I don't know how many people are still going. I, I'd be very curious. They they had a full house the day you went out there, right? On Sunday afternoon. It was a Sunday afternoon. Five o'clock start. Okay, I'm just wondering, like, 
you know, maybe that's something we should do is just check the secondary market and find out how much tickets are. Because I, I think that I think there's very little well, reason it, to go right totally now. Dipped. I know. There's no I'm doubt saying, about it. But but like, you know, when you get rid of when you get rid of players, young players, Kirby Doc and and Alex Debrinkit, when you're trading players that have upside value, you're you're announcing, hey, listen, we're gonna be bad for a while. And then everyone's like, well, what are you going to do with Kane and Taves? Oh, well, you know, we'll see. We're going to talk to them. This was so inevitable from these other moves they made. Didn't I mean, haven't we seen this one coming for months, for a year? Well, I'm not disagreeing with that. No, no, I'm, I'm I, just I, saying. I'm, I'm wondering if it's a misread totally of the their market. Part. Yes, because yeah. if you're quantifying every other aspect of your operation and you're using analytics to support every argument and player move that you make. Right. What about the overall experience? Now that you are a hockey team that you might be bottoming out, but you are also unwatchable, and you are years away from relevance again, what is that going to do to the overall health of your franchise? Are you doing what's in the best interest of your franchise by getting rid of the player that made it worth still going to the United Center? It's a very – I mean, the economics behind it would be really interesting to look at because I can't imagine – that they're going to have a lot of advanced ticket sales next year. I can't imagine that. I mean, maybe if Connor Bedard, they actually get him. Maybe if they have a young talent that is generational coming in and you feel like you can suffer through a year or two as they continue to build it. But I don't know, But isn't that a big gamble to take? It's a huge gamble. Because you don't know that you're going to get him even if you are the worst team in the NHL. The the problem is that, that, you know, in the old days we used to always say there's 40,000 Blackhawk fans in Chicago and 20,000 show up every time they play, right? That was kind of the way <laughs> yeah, you looked at it. Yeah. And then because of the success, there was this breakthrough and the Hawks became the, you know, let's go see the, let's hear the Chelsea dagger tonight. Come on. We're going to, it, it changed. And that, and the, it became more like it was when I was a kid where you had like a ton of people really. Now the, you know, the difference maybe was, in those days, they wouldn't let them on television. So if you you had to go, if you wanted to watch the Hawks, other than that, you were left listening to them on the radio. There was always this kind of old-fashioned mentality around that organization, which finally ended. Rocky comes in, changes everything, and then the team starts winning. And that brought every – they became uh, the hottest ticket in town. No doubt. And as you say, there is this natural kind of c- cyclical nature to sports and fandom. They – already had given a lot of people reason to stay away and to look away. Right. Recovering from the scandal carries another set yes. of circumstances that, that you cannot ignore when you're having a conversation like what makes the Hawks watchable and what keeps people from watching them. Now you've given them no reason to look. The people that you still retained, the hockey fan, the casual sports fan, whatever the case may be, now you are a team without – a face of the franchise. Now you have given away and traded away your best player and you want to celebrate that. I just think it's not worth celebrating. It's you can process it, understand it, but I certainly want wouldn't want to take a victory lap. 312-644-6767. We're going to be back with your calls. It's Molly and Hall on the score. I don't think it was difficult dealing with Pat or Patrick, but um, you know, it, given the situation, you know, I, I don't think the 
asset return was was ever going to realistically be what we wanted it to be. And um, you know, it was a tough it was a tough situation from that standpoint. But you know what, the main goal here was was to put Patrick in a situation where he had a chance to uh, go to a team that he really wanted to play for and, and get a chance at uh, taking a run of the Stanley Cup this year. And we were able to do that. So you know what, we, we did right by a player that's done so much for us, and, and that's the main goal. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. That's the main hey, goal? Are you, are you going to play that clip? Those clips all morning, Brandon, just to trigger me, David. I, you, I, your head is smoking like the listen, the you know the Pope's being elected or something. This, I want my general manager. Smoke's going from black to white and of any team in any town, in any sport. I want my general manager fixated, focused, obsessed with winning titles, not winning friends. I know that he did right by Patrick Kane. Great. I know that he owed him that. Great. And maybe there's still this pipe dream that he's going to resign with you in free agency because you did right by him at the trade deadline. Great. I don't think you want to celebrate that. I don't think you need to be complimented for that. It's part of the job to do what's in the best interest of the Chicago Blackhawks, not the Chicago Blackhawk. 312-644-6767. Let's try Brian. Brian is in Ravenswood. Hey, Brian. Hey, good morning, guys. A uh, thought on Patrick Kane and then a couple thoughts on the Blackhawks. I think it's okay to be happy for Patrick Kane. He's going home to, D- to New York. He's going to play for an original six team, and he's got a chance to win another cup, and I think that's exciting for him, and I, that, I'm happy for the fans in New York. It's a great city, and and um, I, I wish him great success. I think that the uh, I agree with you all about everything you're saying about Kyle Davidson and focusing on winning championships, and I think that management and this regime is and ownership are really going to be exposed we're going to find out you know what are they what are they going to do do they want do they really want to win we're going to i think we're going to be young we're going to be fast i think coaching is going to be exposed um good or bad and one other thing is you know you talk about you know what are the reasons to go to the united center and i think that the overall experience there is a lot of fun and i think that if the ticket prices are right and, you, you know, you get a guy like Lucas Reichel coming up next year. Uh, he's dynamic, exciting to watch. And lastly, you have uh, in this sport of ice hockey in this town, uh, we have the opportunity to go see Rockford play and see who's in the pipeline and get excited about the future. And if you don't want to go to Rockford, you know, you go see them when they play the Wolves or you make a weekend of it in Milwaukee and go see them play up there. But I think there's a lot to be excited about, and, but you got to be patient. Brian, thanks for the phone call. You are dialed in, you're locked in, and you're right about some of the things that you say about the prospects and what's ahead. And Luke Richardson, the coach, to me, is the most qualified person at his job I in think the he's organization. Good. I think he's good at what he's doing. He's, but, he's, the team's played well given the fact they got nothing. But there's not every sports fan in town, every hockey fan in town is not as locked in as Brian is. They're not caring necessarily about the Rockford Ice Hogs and when they play in Milwaukee. They don't even know they have a schedule that brings them to Milwaukee. They want to be entertained at the United Center. They want to be, uh, they want to watch competitive hockey at the NHL level in a hockey town that used to be a good hockey town. Now, not so much. Let's try Ryan. He's in Skokie. Hey, Ryan. Hey, good morning, guys. I just had to explain to my four-year-old son that plays hockey that his favorite player will not be a Blackhawk, and he can't see him at practice on Friday when they're supposed to watch him. That was like the hard, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. 
Well, I, I understand that. I mean, a lot of people from four to 24 and 44, their favorite player just left town. And so at different stages, they're going to have to deal with that because it is the end of an era. 16 years in, in Chicago wearing the same sweater and bringing them back to relevance now. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a while to get used to seeing who, the Hawks. Who are you going out to see now? I don't know that I'm going to be compelled to leave the house to go watch Max Domi, as good as he is. Heck, he may not be here. I'm saying for a four-year-old going to play, who's That's, your noon favorite I, player? I don't know. Mm. I, I, Connor Murphy? Seth no. Jones? I, these are no. guys who, you know, Connor Murphy's now the longest-tenured Blackhawk. Boy, I remember when they brought him in. Yeah, that trade wasn't good either. No. Thank you, Stan Bowman, the last general manager to disappoint us. Frank is in Glen Ellen. Hi, Frank. How are you? Another dark day in Chicago sports history. You are talking to a 38-year, former 38-year Blackhawks season ticket holder who was a 12-year-old kid, cried himself to sleep when Bobby Hall left. And now here we go again. My feeling is this never had to end this way. You start with Stan. You laid at his feet. The getting rid of Quenville so him and McDonough could put their stamp on the team with the choir boy. That began this train wreck. And now you're getting rid of what we've all said is the second most exciting athlete in this town since Michael Jordan. And why not have kept him built around him with the Brinkett, Doc? You kept trading away players. You, you look at the other top hockey franchises, they've all continued to excel. The Bruins, the Capitals, the Lightning, they've continued to make the playoffs. This train wreck started with Stan. It's at Stan's feet. It's at McDonough's feet. It's at the organization's feet. And I'll tell you, man, you'd be hard-pressed to get me to walk in that building again. So, so you boys. gave up your tickets? You've, you've given I up gave your up my tickets. I gave up my tickets. Mike, I had missed the game. I'm 65. I've gone to at least one game a year since I was 17 years old. When I got my first real job in 1983, I bought season tickets. And I gave them after, when COVID hit, I'm sorry, when COVID hit, I did not renew. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back. My first year, my tickets were 10 bucks. The last year, wow. 255. Wow. wow Frank. Thank you, Frank. That's, Thanks that's for your tough. sentiments. Yeah. And a lot of people can relate to the passion with which you're speaking this morning, I, I think that, yes, Patrick Kane, to me, is the most accomplished Chicago sports athlete since Michael Jordan left town. And I think that the reaction kind of underscores that. The, the putting it at the feet of Stan Bowman, I think this is how it began. And he kind of put them in a situation where they were, they were ha- hamstrung by a lot of different realities. Um, but it's just been a lot of problems with the Blackhawks. And I think that they're compartmentalized. There's a scandal that they have to recover from. And now there's some hockey decisions that deserve some scrutiny too. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hall on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.